Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble, I'm a clinical psychologist, a mum, and on this podcast, all we want to do is support teens and their parents. And my name is Dr Ginny Mansberg, I'm a GP and a mum too, and together, Jo and I wrote a book called The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults. Our first question is from a caller. Hi guys, my name is Clarissa. I'm just wondering if you can please help me. I've been having some really interesting conversations with my son. There seems to be all of the phobics. So he seems to have views that are now fat phobic, as well as racist, as well as misogynistic, as well as basically anything that is different from white bread with no crust. It's really concerning for me. I've just had another conversation with a friend of mine who has a teenage son and she's also having the same conversations with her son and we think it's to do with the internet because neither of us hold any views that are anything remotely like the views that the kids are expressing currently. My son's about to turn 15 and he's 17 and yeah I think it's the influence of the interweb. If you can help that would be amazing. Thanks. Joe. Do we think he's listening to a few Andrew Tate podcasts? Sounds like it, doesn't it? And I'd go straight and ask your son, where are these views coming from? It's always shocking if we hear our kids say or do something that, you know, we haven't even, not only have we not said, but we haven't even thought. So we just think, okay, where is this coming from? So yeah, I'd ask him straight out, where is he getting them from? Are his friends talking this way and he wants to fit in? Is he just trying to get a rise out of you? What is it? So you just want to really make it clear instead of just, you know, squashing it and saying that's just horrendous, just you want to be curious as where on earth this has come from. Which could be so hard because when your child espouses views that are antithetical to everything that has been the core of your family and everything that you believe in, to sit there and go, well, that's really interesting. Why do you think that just feels so hard? The problem is, exactly as you say, Joe. if you shut them down and say, if I ever hear you say something as disgusting as that again, you will be, you know, punished with X, Y and Z sort of punishment. You will shut down the conversation. You won't be able to engage with him and you won't be able to find out what is appealing. Because I would have thought Andrew Tate would have zero followers, but clearly his message does resonate, particularly with teenage boys. You hope they're going to grow out of it. But, you know, unfortunately... He's got to have a space where he can, you know, throw these ideas up into the ether at home and have them discussed in a respectful way. 
Yeah, and apart from finding out where they've come from, you know, you do want to just remind him that such hurtful views have caused so much pain to so many people for so long and you know him, you know your son and you know he would not want to be responsible for other people's hurt. So what's going on? It really resonates with me around our five C's and one of them is competence. So he will try and bamboozle you with a whole lot of rubbish that Andrew Tate or whoever puts out there as facts. But you need to have your own facts and it's a really interesting one that people who are more judgmental are less happy and you can lead in with that. I am just concerned that the way you're sounding, you're not going to be happy. Another thing to be really careful of in terms of your competence is having facts on the truth about women, the truth about people of different races, the truth about people who are overweight. Because what breaks my heart is that, you know, obesity is a gendered issue. You know, women who are overweight and obese lose out financially. They actually have less earnings. How do we feel about that? Just understanding that races are completely equal and that there is no evidence that one race is better than any other and challenging him to actually back up his facts, not just by listening to a podcast, but actually trying to do some of his own research would be really helpful to sort of position you as the one who has that core competency so he can lean in to your knowledge and build that trust and hopefully listen to you a little bit more. And then, as you say, experience it for himself by experiencing being non-judgmental and actually feeling better after that. That's great. And if he can feel better and you're modelling that yourself and so as a family you're saying, okay, who can have the (laughs) best day of being non-judgmental, maybe lighten it up a little bit so it's not just so argumentative when you're poles apart to try and get on the same page with something. And it'll take time. And I just want you to know, Clarissa, that there are so many parents that we speak to exactly like you, horrified by particularly what their sons, it doesn't seem to be really impacting girls so much, but what their sons are saying, they generally grow out of it. There are very few people of Andrew Tate's age who still believe what he believes. If you'd love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes online access to every Mamma Mia event, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. Now, this question was also emailed to us anonymously from our anonymous form that you can find in the show notes of this episode. Dear Ginny and Joe, I'm ever thankful for your podcast and book. They have given me confidence and set me on the path to become a more compassionate and connected parent. Oh, wow. I love hearing things like that. My question is about the passive aggressive teen, the silent treatment, the sulking, the cynical, dismissive procrastination to avoid responsibilities. It's my 16-year-old daughter's go-to communication style and it's causing an unhealthy power play between us, particularly with me, her mum and younger teen sister. She's an awesome kid who has a great social network, leadership positions and wonderful feedback from teachers and friends' parents. I acknowledge passive-aggressive communication was big in my childhood and something I've been working to avoid in my own parenting and marriage. I'm just struggling to break the cycle we're in. I'm trying humour picking my battles, lots of love and empathy, seeking her buy-in, using data and science as my reasoning, but she's so quick to shut me down and disappear. Fine, whatever. No, I don't want to talk about it. I agree. Take my phone at 9pm, scowl, sulk, door slam, silent treatment. I've tried explaining this communication style isn't going to be very effective with future partners, friends and colleagues. 
But the response is the same. Fine, whatever, I agree. Can you go now? It's really breaking my parenting spirit. Please help. Oh, you poor doll. Yeah, but what a lovely parent. We can all learn a lot from the strategies you're using, you know, to empathy and using science and keeping it light. So that's great. And gosh, we hate to hear that your parenting spirit is at risk of breaking. The good news is you've taught her how to behave well outside the house. As the saying goes, it's better a street angel and home devil than the other way around. So that's great. You're getting great feedback from teachers and other parents and from her friends. So she's going to be fine. It's just this habit of how she's talking at home. Look, what to do? You may have already tried this because you've said you've tried to get her buy-in, but if one thing she's really upset about and she has all these passive-aggressive responses to is handing her phone in at 9 o'clock, I'd give her the opportunity to argue her case. As Dr Bryony Scott said when we interviewed her for the new teen age, you know, we want our teens to be able to effectively debate their cause, to learn effective communication. And if she comes up with a really good set of arguments for why she should hand a phone in a bit later, then perhaps you could give in. So 9.15 or 9.30, something like that. So she has a small win. If she doesn't make a case at all, she's just sulking, then the rules stick. Now, obviously, some rules are non-negotiable and that's fine, that's important. But if she gets to be rewarded for communicating effectively, I'd really look for opportunities to do that. I had some alarm bells go off in my head, beautiful parent, when I heard that the passive aggressive was something that was really happening in your childhood. And I'm aware as a parent that a lot of the time we are so hypersensitive to things that we are worried about in ourselves and we pick up on those things in our kids and then let other things slide and we don't even worry about it that much because we're just so raw about things that we feel guilty about or feel that we have a problem with. Are you just hypersensitive? Is it maybe not as bad as what you think? You're just taking on board and blaming yourself for everything because you're thinking, oh, here is my past coming back to haunt me again. It's just something that I've seen and I wanted you to be open to the possibility that maybe she's not that bad and maybe she's just occasionally having a bit of a scowl because she's a teenager and because teenagers get moody and they get tired and they don't sleep very well and the next day they are a bit cranky or something might have happened at school that you don't know about and she's super cranky and it resonates with you. It makes you feel so bad for three or four days afterwards, but maybe there were some really great interactions there that you might have missed. I'm just wondering. The other thing I was thinking, Ginny, at 16, whether this young person is learning to drive because that's a great opportunity to connect because apart from those first really hairy few weeks, which really are white knuckle rides, aren't they? It's a really good opportunity to connect and effective communication is all that's needed in that environment for safety. You know, passive aggression and cynicism is not called for when you're teaching to drive or, you know, when she's been taught to drive. So that would be a good opportunity, I thought. Especially because you're both looking straight ahead. So there is no opportunity for eye contact. It's often easier to connect at that moment when you're in the car because there's a little bit less pressure. You're not anxiously reading every body signal and every eye look and twitch. So yeah, I think that's great. And also, let's face it, you are the gateway to what she wants, which is a driver's license. That's right. It's not going to happen without you. So she's probably going to need to pull her head in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And don't go, well, I'm finally happy you're finally being nice to me. I just pretend the other stuff hasn't happened. Gee, I love our time together in the car. I really look forward to this. And you just make it all pretty positive. Yeah, that's great. And you got the same goal, getting the license. One last thing, Ginny, I'd say again to this parent, 
I think it's good to definitely not in a passive aggressive way, but sometimes in a general comment, sometimes to say, I'm just so looking forward to when this phase ends, <laughs> when you grow out of this, because I know you're just a fabulous person and I can see you with your friends and I get such amazing feedback from your teachers and other adults. So I know you and I know they're seeing the best of you. And this is just the way you're behaving because of how you are now. And that's okay because you're only 16, but gosh, it's going to be lovely when we can reconnect again when you've outgrown this little particular phase. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, please email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or submit your questions via the anonymous form. And if you love this show and want to help more people find it, we would love you to rate and review us wherever you're listening right now. This show is produced by Tia Usage. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Judy Mansberg and we'll see you next week. 